Welcome to MoFo Perspectives, a podcast by Morris and Forster, where we share the perspectives of our clients, colleagues, subject matter experts, and lawyers. Welcome to MoFo's Asia Sustainability Puzzle Series. My name is Marsha Ellis. I am global co-chair of MoFo's private equity practice. In our 2022 report, we concluded that sustainability work had become a clear priority for GPs headquartered in Asia, with most organizations devoting increasingly significant resources to this area. However, we also noted that work was at an early stage for many in the region. In this podcast, our Shanghai-based Technology Transactions Group partner, Chuan Sun, and Tokyo-based litigation partner, Yuki Terazawa, will discuss what PE funds need to know about using personal data and data sets for training generative AI and the impact of new regulations in Asia and issues related to transferring and using data sets across borders. Good morning, Yuki. Uh, it's great to have you here this morning to discuss some interesting topic relating to artificial uh, intelligence and the development in uh, regulation, particularly with respect to um, data privacy, data security, and AI. Uh, as you know, uh, ChatGPT was rolled out by OpenAI uh, last year. Uh, now it's uh, ChatGPT Turbo. Uh, this is a revolutionary technology that has already had a profound impact on various aspects of uh, our society, on people and on uh, technology and on uh, legal practice. Uh, it also uh, brings challenges to various aspects that we're facing. Um, and for example, one of the challenges is the use of personal data uh, in data sense for training uh, generative AI. And lots of countries uh, are rolling out new regulations to face this. And I'm just curious, uh, what is the development, what is the current status in Japan with respect to the use of personal data in data sets for training uh, AI? And what is the Japanese government's reaction in terms of uh, rolling out new regulation for facing these uh, challenges? Thank you, Chen. Well, uh, the, I will um, discuss about the uh, dataset uh, regulation in Japan. So the, uh, uh, actually, there is no definition of dataset under the Japanese Personal Information Protection Law. However, you know, the, we generally understood that the dataset is a bundle of data for using machine learning purposes. However, unlike the database, individual data, including a personal data, cannot be searchable from the learned dataset. Therefore, a Japanese Personal Information Protection Committee, uh, which is PIPC, issued the FAQ this year that, generally speaking, dataset is not a database. Therefore, personal information protection law would not be applied to a long dataset itself. Other than that, there is no regulation or guideline for dataset and generative AI in Japan. However, you know, interestingly, in June 2023 this year, the Personal Information Protection Committee issued a warning for using personal information for generative AI. There are two items that the uh, Personal Information Protection Committee addressed in the warning. One of which is that the when an entity puts a prompt which include their personal information into a generative AI services, they shall confirm 
that the such use of personal information is within the scope of purposes of use disclosed to the data subject. The second is for users. The user should understand that the outcome, including the information regarding a specific person from the generative AI, may or may not be inaccurate. Therefore, the user needs to be careful in using the outcome from the generative AI. At the same time, the Personal Information Protection Committee instructed ChatGBT that it take necessary measures to avoid collection of sensitive data into ChatGPT. If it discovers the sensitive data into a data set, it shall take measures to anonymize the sensitive data or remove it from the data set. That is uh, the contents of the warning that the uh, Personal Information Protection Committee issued to personal information handling entity as well as the ChatGPT uh, specifically. Uh, Tran, do you have any the same kind of situation or regulation for the dataset or uh, ChatGPT generative AI? We do here in China. China has joined the growing ranks of uh, jurisdictions seeking to regulate uh, artificial intelligence. The regulator, Cybersecurity Administration of China, or CSC, and six other regulators jointly issued a regulation called Interim Administrative Measures for Generative Artificial Intelligence Services uh, this past July. Uh, meanwhile, the General Office of the State Council published its 2023 legislative plan in May, listing preparation of a draft artificial intelligence law among its legislative priorities, uh, signaling more rulemaking to come in AI sector. Uh, this interim measures apply only to generative AI services that are available to the general public in China and exclude the conduct of internal research or use of generative AI technology by industrial organizations, companies, uh, educational and research institutions, and other professional uh, organizations. The measures uh, themselves also include privacy-related provisions. Uh, furthermore, they require generative AI service providers to comply with requirements under uh, China's personal information protection law, data security law, and cybersecurity law. Uh, essentially, these are the, um, the three pillars of China's uh, data uh, regulatory uh, regime. And with respect to the use of personal data in data sense for training generative uh, AI, under this uh, interim measure, the relevant uh, generative AI services provider must provide a sufficient privacy notice to individuals informing the rules of processing their PI, the personal information or personal data, obtain the individual's consent or rely on a uh, legal basis, for example, HR management or otherwise, for processing their uh, personal information. And the measures also prohibit discrimination based on ethnicity, religious belief, nationality, etc., against the infringement of various third-party rights, including rights to personal information, privacy rights, rights to reputation, and portrait rights, etc. The measures also require the services provider uh, take effective measures to improve the quality of training data, including its authenticity, accuracy. Uh, objectivity and diversity. 
with respect to the collection of PI from users for purpose of um, uh, you know, generative uh, AI, in addition to the notice and consent requirements I mentioned, the AI service provider must not collect unnecessary PI, uh, not unlawfully retain input data or user records from which a user's identity can be inferred or unlawfully provide a user's input data or use history to a third party. In addition, uh, the generative uh, AI service provider must promptly respond to individuals' requests for inspection, copying, correction, supplementing, or deletion of the, their AI. Again, you know, those are consistent with the relevant uh, you know, requirements under uh, China's personal information protection law. And you know, speaking of uh, personal information protection law, one of the um, hardest topics uh, nowadays in China, at least, is really about the transfer of personal information across borders. Uh, and there are lots of development in that regard. Um, so I was wondering, uh, Yuki, uh, in Japan, what is the relevant rule with respect to cross-border personal information transfer? Any you know, insights you can share with us? The, uh, unlike the China, you know, the Japan doesn't have any you know, data localization regime. So therefore, you know, the in transferring a personal data or you know personal database to overseas, we need to take some measures in protecting the personal data slash the database under the Japanese law. So as I said, if there is no the regulation for the data set to be transferred from the Japan to overseas. So the you know, data set transfer is basically okay. However, if the database or you know, uh, personal data will be transferred from Japan to overseas, we have a special rule for you know, the uh, data transfer internationally. If in transferring the uh, personal data from Japan to overseas, we need to specify to which country that we will transfer the personal data to. So if the recipient is located in EU or UK, that there is no restriction of data transfer from Japan to overseas because um, the EU, UK and Japan has um, agreement regarding uh, adequate decisions. So if that's the case, the Japanese company or entity uh, doesn't have to get a consent from the data subject. However, the transferer, you know, which is the you know, Japanese entity, shall still comply with the general data transfer rules. Therefore, basically, the transfer needs to obtain consent from the data subject in transferring personal data to a third party, including the third party located overseas, including the EU or uh, UK. We may have some the exceptions. There are three major exceptions, one of which is the that if the personal data is transferring to you know service provider, uh, we don't need to get a consent from the data subject. The second, if the, we transferred the personal data in merger and acquisition situations, we don't need to get a consent from the data subject. And the, the third one is the if the, we transfer personal data to a person who jointly uh, use such a personal data with us, we don't have to get a consent. However, in, in that case, uh, we need to put some information into the privacy policy or you know, the website where the data subject is easy to access. So those kind of exception applies. 
but you know the uh, data recipient located in EU or UK, there is no restriction of the data, data transfer from Japan to overseas. If the the data recipient is located outside of EU or UK, you know, transfer law shall either obtain the special consent from the data subject or execute an international data processing agreement with the recipient. If both parties have executed the SEC, which comprise with the GDPR, generally speaking, you know, both parties may rely on that, but we may need some additional provisions depending upon the contents of the SEC. If the data recipient has obtained APEX CBPL, which is a cross-border privacy rules certificate, the transferor may transfer the personal data to such a certificate holder without uh, obtaining a consent from the data subject. However, you know the uh, the new rules for uh, international data uh, data transfer applies in relying on the data subject consent when we transfer the personal data to overseas. If that's the case, we need to provide certain information to a data subject in advance, which includes the name of the country where the recipient is located, the outline of the personal information protection regime of the country where the recipient is located, and the data security measures where the recipient has taken. In terms of the outline of the personal information protection regime of the country where the recipient is located, Personal Information Protection Committee published some of the country's outline of the personal information protection regime. So if you can visit the Personal Information Protection Committee's website, you can get such information. So the, you, you may copy such information into the notice to the data subject. That is a, you know, the basic uh, rules and concept under the Japanese law in transferring the personal data to overseas. Chiran, you know, the, what is the situation in China? The transfer of um, uh, personal information outside of China are heavily regulated. And under personal information protection law, uh, PIPL, uh, there is a heightened notice requirement. PIPL requires that a PI handler, uh, this is a term that's akin to controller under GDPR, uh, you know, any PI handler that intends to provide PI overseas, uh, they must notify individuals of the name and contact information of the overseas recipient, uh, the purpose and means of handling uh, their personal information, the types of uh, personal information that are going to be transferred outside of China, as well as the method and procedure for individuals to exercise their rights under the PIPL against the overseas uh, recipient. And in order to export PI outside of China, there must be a legal basis. Where the initial legal basis for handling the relevant PI is consent, uh, the PI handler will need to obtain separate consent from uh, individuals to the export of their PI. PIPL, unfortunately, uh, does not offer uh, any definition or guidance on what separate consent uh, means. A widely held view has been that a separate checkbox, a separate consent form, or other discrete mechanism for recording consent for the particular processing at issue is needed to meet separate consent requirements uh, under the PIPL. And the PI handler also needs to fulfill a transfer mechanism or 
rely on exemption to transfer PI outside of China. Uh, PIPL permits the export of PI only if the export is for a genuine need, and the PI handler fulfills uh, one of three uh, export mechanisms. Currently, there are three of them. The PI handler that is exporting the PI must either passes a security assessment undertaken by the regulator you know, CAC or uh, executes uh, the China SECs uh, with the overseas recipient and make a filing of the executed uh, SEC together with a protection impact assessment report with uh, the provincial uh, CAC branch or uh, undergoes a PI protection certification conducted by a specialized certification agency in accordance with the requirements of the CAC. Back in September of this year, CAC issued a draft regulation which contemplates a number of exemptions where you know, a transfer mechanisms, as I just described, would not be required. Uh, some of the examples would be if the employer is going to transfer the employee's data based on HR management purposes, and then a transfer mechanism would not be uh, you know, required. Or if the PI handler is going to transfer uh, less than 10,000 individuals' information within the next 12 months, and, and then a transfer mechanism uh, would be uh, exempted. So um, uh, the, the, the draft rules have not been uh, finalized yet, but uh, you know, obviously you know, all the uh, companies and the MNCs alike are you know, taking a closer look um, uh, at uh, uh, what uh, you know, the CSC's next uh, you know, step would be. This sort of indicates that China's cross-border data transfer rules are fast evolving. So it would be prudent uh, for uh, companies and all the PI handlers outside uh, you know, to watch out for the you know, regulatory um, involvement uh, and developments uh, by the CAC. Thank you, Chen. You know, the, uh, I think it's uh, very interesting. So I uh, would like to add one thing. You know, the, as I said, that the International Data Processing Agreement, which is similar to SEC, is one of the tools for uh, international data transfer in Japan. However, unlike China, we don't have any filing system for international data processing agreement to uh, Japanese regulators. So therefore, when you execute your you know, international pro uh, data processing agreement with a recipient, you don't need to file anything to a PIPC. So that is one thing that I, I would like to add. Yeah, that's, that's great to hear. Um, and uh, you know, obviously, the process is simpler uh, in Japan than that in China. And you know, when we talk about filing uh, of SEC with provincial CAC, it essentially is a quasi-approval process, not a simple filing. And the, the, the reason is that uh, provincial CAC has the authority to review and reject the filing application if the materials submitted by the relevant applicant are, are not satisfactory uh, to them. Um, so this is something to, to keep in mind. And again, it signals how complex this process is um, you know, in China. Thanks very much for listening to our Sustainability Puzzle podcast. We hope that you will listen to subsequent podcasts in this series and read our full report. If you have comments or questions, please contact us at esg at mofo.com. Please make sure to subscribe to the MoFo Perspectives podcast so you don't miss an episode.
If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like more information on this topic, please visit mofo.com slash podcasts. Again, that's mofo, M-O-F-O dot com slash podcasts.